best way to call it is like prophetic jet. We're going to do some stuff. And so you have to get up and shoot even some struck and move around. And it's uh, going to be, we just call this prophetic gestures. It's, you're going you're gonna to listen. She'll give you instructions, and you're going to interpret this by, okay, that's her job. Excuse me. No, no intense fellas. <laughs> okay, this is Barbara Robinson. Good morning. Is it still morning? It was a long session, but it was great. And he set me up. He's good at it. <laughs> After 48,000 years, that's how long we've been married. We're dinosaurs that look like people, so. <laughs> Anyways, I was looking at my iPad because I have all my notes on there, and I'm going, oh, my gosh. So this was from February 2016. Etch-a-sketch. Worship wipes us clean to enjoy God's presence. I like that one. Everybody knows what an Etch-a-sketch is, honey. They're our age. Come on. <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay, awareness of your identity is like discovering. So, okay, so what does this say? Into the wild. That's where we're going today. We're going into the wild. Um, so when I read this little thing here, just think about who you are. Awareness of your identity is like discovering the headwaters of a river. Your flow makes more sense than you understand its source. When you know you're a river, stop behaving like a pond. Ponds are stagnant. Rivers move. That's us. So um, I have this little thing that I have been doing for, I don't know, a lot, a lot of years. Um, we had a dance ministry in our church in Ohio when Mickey was the pastor. Anybody know about dance ministry or, or raise your hand if you've ever heard of it? Well, I learned after we left there and went to Texas, and I thought, now what am I going to do, Lord? He goes, no offense to the Ohio team, but he said, now I'm going to show you what I really wanted you to do. It's not about the clothing of white culottes, white shirts, little earrings. Your ballet shoes have to have the ties underneath or you're not right. You know, it's just like, what in the flipping world? <laughs> so then I began to go actually more internationally after we were landed in Texas and... Um, we were in New Zealand. We, we've just been a lot of places. I did a thing, a, t a thing at um, in Hawaii that was very hard to do. I'm kidding. <laughs> Hawaii. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a YWAM base there. I forget where. University of the Nations. There we go. And these Filipino kids, they had to do it. Uh, they, I, I had to have an interpreter, and we had such a blast. So. Here we are. We're going to have a blast. I believe that. So one of the things that I like to um, do 
What's one of the things I, I share initially, Mickey? Exactly. Romans chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2. Just to set us up here. Are we breathing? Okay. Yeah, because it sounds quiet. It's so quiet here. We need to get going. Okay, it says, um, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So that's the premise on that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. So we're going to move our bodies a little bit. I was way more wilder when I was a lot younger, um, but today we're going to go more mellow. So um, I think what I would like us to do, we're going to do two different exercises. One of them is called mirroring. Can we figure that one out? It's really easy. You look with the partner and mirror the movements that each other do. Okay, so everybody find a place outside of the chairs, like you can go over there and find a partner. When you're married and your spouse is with you, that's a sign that you're supposed to do it with them. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, if you don't have a partner, come up here and we'll find one for you. Like Mickey, he'll be your partner. Okay. All right. All righty. Anybody that doesn't have a partner? This young lady? Okay, who else doesn't have a partner? Because we can do triplet if we need to. No, no, no. These, you can come over with Barbara. What's your name? Hey, Barbara, we're going to add Jean to you guys. Okay? Oh, there we go. Never mind. You got a partner. You don't have to know each other, but you will know each other. Okay? Now, there's no talking. <gasps> Mickey, I'm giving the instructions, but that's true. Okay, so when the music starts, before the music starts, choose who will start the movement first while the other person mirrors them, okay? But then there's always the second person who will do it after I say, okay, now let the other person take over, okay? Any questions? Oh, you're a good crowd. Very good listeners. Okay. No, we don't need to. Okay. All right. Mickey wants us to demonstrate. Woohoo! All right. Where's my music? Here it is. So I'm just going to put a really cool song on. I don't even think that's going to work. Can you hear that? I don't know how to make it any louder. Who does it? No, honey. This is not attached to anything. It didn't work. Oh. Can you make it a little louder? Can you get your louder? 
Hold on. Can you guys hear it? Okay. So. It's that simple, okay? So look at your partner. These young girls right back there, come up here. Come on, come on. I see you. Hi, what's your name? Tatum. And? Annalise. Danielle. Are you guys sisters? They are. Yeah, that's quite obvious. Okay, you were gonna do this, right? Yes, you were. Because now you are. Okay, so you can be a triangle. Okay. All right, so decide who's going to go first. You guys do that, but okay. Okay, here we go. Look at your partner, and whoever's first, go ahead and go. Yep. Okay, no, no, Mickey. We got to be real quiet. All right, girls and boys, go. Okay, now let the other person take over without talking and without, uh, just keep going. The other person go. Mickey, go back there with that man in the plaid shirt. Do it with him. Go on. Please, Mickey. Okay. The other person take a turn. Remember, no talking, just. Uh oh, how we doing? High in the spirit? Okay, come here. And then you two up here. Who has never done this before? Oh, good. Come on up. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Oh, Pastor, would you come up, please? And your wife, of course. Okay, so... You guys scoot over. I'm not done with you yet. Okay. So, here's the deal. Some of these people have never done this before. So, from where you are, or you can come a little closer if you want to, but stay in your group, your, 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 your partner, and intercede for them while they're doing this. Because even though they think they don't know what they're doing, they are doing what they're doing. 
okay? So pray for the anointing, pray for the presence of God, all those things. All right, so man your way of who's doing what first, okay? We got it? Okay. All righty. Okay, let the other person uh, take over, but no talking. Worship leaders, man, no talking. You're talking. Oh. <laughs> okay, go. Okay, one more time. Let the other person take over. Okay, give him a hand. Thank you, guys. Stay there, stay there, stay there. Don't go anywhere, okay? So um, before I ask them, I would like to ask you, does anybody have a comment on what they saw with these three couples? It, either one or another one? Nobody? No comment? Do you? Okay. <laughs> Okay, so beautiful. Anybody else? Barbara, did you say? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually saw you two over there too, which you didn't have my permission, but I'm glad you did it anyways. <laughs> Out of your box. You'd never know that, though, because when I saw you guys back there and when you hugged, I went, okay, they're special. And then with you guys, what I saw was you were just enjoying each other and the Lord together. This is not rocket science. You know, it's just so simple, but we get to a place where we think, I don't want to be out of my box. But were you, like, pained? Mm -hmm. Were you pained by doing this? No, it didn't pain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Mickey? True. That's true. Okay, so we can either continue or do the next. I think the next ex ex exercise will be good for us. So I need everybody to, most of the people are over here. Everybody come over to this side of the aisle, on the aisle. Everybody, all the, all the people.
Okay, now this one, um, you're going to work on your own, so you don't have anybody that you have to. Um, and has anybody ever taken dance class? Dance classes? Yeah. Okay, the girls. Okay, well, what, what kind of dance were you doing? All of it? Ballet, jazz. Hip hop, okay. Well, you know how it goes. Uh, you do stretching, this, that, the other thing, and then you um, go across the floor. That's what we're gonna do today. So because there's three of you, come over here. And because you're dancers, you get to go first. Okay, so you right here, and then you. And we're gonna go to the other side of the stairs. Okay. Now, the Bible talks about lifting holy hands, and bowing before the Lord. So that's all we're going to do. Um, all right, I'm going to do it without music for a minute here. So I'm going to walk, and I'm going to lift holy hands. Oh, he gave me music. And then I'm going to bow before the Lord. I'm going to tell you a story. That's how you do. And you don't have to be flesh flush with each other you can just you know do your own timing but we do have to end at some point so um but i did this in uh west was it virginia mickey okay in virginia we did a uh a, a conference and uh they asked me to do this kind of stuff and then they wanted me to do a processional at the church the next day and the pastor's son came home from Liberty College and he was cocky and he goes, oh, you're gonna do a processional? What's that look like? I'm a great kid. And I said, what are you talking about? I'm gonna, we're gonna listen to a song. You're gonna close your eyes and we're gonna see what happens. Afterwards, he goes, can I use my dad's chair to be the mercy seat? Hello. You know, if, because if you close your eyes and you focus and you're not distracted, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes and goes, you better apologize to that lady. Anyways, so they had banners, and we did that, and uh, there was a young man there who, from here to half of here, because it was a small place, 45 minutes later, he got to the other side. It took him, let's say I'm coming from this way, and here's this, the end here. He finally lifted up his hands. He had been in the Nazi party. And for him, to lift his hand was all about Hitler. I mean, he's a young guy, so he was in whatever they do as Nazis these days. I don't know. I don't really know, but, but he came up to me, and he told me that story, and then I flipped out, and he said, I would like to carry a banner for the procession. I said, that's a perfect thing for you. He goes, but I don't want to hold it. I want to wrap myself around with the banner wrapping me. I said, that is a fantastic idea. And some lady afterwards, after the little practice, she comes up to me. She goes, ah, I think that's not going to look great. 
I go, yeah, well, I don't really care what you think. No, I didn't say that, but it's like, are you kidding? This guy just got delivered, and he wants to express his gratefulness to the king of kings and not the demonic king that he was worshiping. So that's what we did. And, you know, I have my little thing that I like to do, even though I've knocked out two uh, where the fire thing goes off because I always carry incense. You go to the Catholic bookstore and you get uh, the charcoal and you put the incense on there and it is magical and wonderful and it's awesome. So I love doing that, but I did get in trouble a couple times. One church is like a, a elder runs your church and they were scary, scurrying around. He goes, what's happening? I go, huh, I don't know. It smells good in here, but I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So do we have music? Did you find what we wanted? All right. Um, so just, you can close your eyes. You can, you know, so you three girls. And then when they get like past to this place right here, the next three group in the group can go. All right, you got it, Mick? It's a little too loud, Mickey. Yeah. Okay. Okay, girls, go ahead. Take your time. You can go as slow as you want to. You can lay on the floor and move yourself that way. Just whatever works for you. Go ahead, ladies. The next one, after they get here, the next three go. It's perfect. Okay, next three. I just want to say, let the healing of the Lord come.
So follow their lead. You're going to go. He'll come with you. I had no idea you could find this much on Ancestry. <laughs> Stuck. Oh, Lord.
How did that one work for you guys? How did that work for you guys going across? Yes? No? Very interesting. Okay, wait a second. Hold on. Yeah, it, it was, for me, it, there was a transformation from my attitude of, and just being honest, I don't want to do this, right? Because it's not macho, it's not the thing that me, guy, do, <laughs> you know? Um, but when you, you humble yourself... When I got about right here, I looked behind and I saw people in front of me. I saw people behind me. And I saw the heart of the Father. And then what Jesus said when he prayed, Father God, that they may be one as you and I are one. And everybody was participating. And there was a oneness. There was a unity. There was a, there was a holy moment that crushed me. You know what they say about crushing? It takes the crushing to know the fragrance. So now we know your fragrance. Yeah. I I wanted to, oh, yes. I I some of you have heard my testimony. One of the most pivotal moments in my life that totally transformed me was when Jesus just took me to the heavenlies. But in that moment, in that moment, I, I, I believe I was in some kind of trance or something. I'm not sure exactly what happened. But I do know this, that there was a moment where we were doing exactly what we did this morning. For me, it was a giant loop back to a moment early in my life when God totally radically transformed my life and gave me a vision of heaven and um, walking with all the saints, worshiping, and we were doing just what we were doing this morning, and we were, we were walking into the throne of thrones, the king of kings room, I mean, Jesus, God, I could see his feet, I could not see his face, but I knew I was in the presence of God, amen, to me, this was a moment that looped me back, so thank you. Thank you. I just want to tell you, I do want to thank you as the pastor, because when years ago when we were in Sacramento, our friend Rich, I forget his last name. What's his last name? Mickey? Oliver. Rich Oliver. Great AG guy. You know him? Okay, well, he's a pistol. We love him. He loves us. We stayed with them every time we ever went to their church, but he came in to spy on me, on my workshop, the noive. I'm telling you. So he comes in, and then he starts to go out. I go, uh, no, no, the doors are locked. You no longer can leave. You're doing it. And he was, like, really mad, you know, sweating and red-faced. And I go, how's that working for you, Rich? He goes, just be quiet. I'm trying to concentrate. <laughs> so... Thank you. Um, you didn't walk away. And then there's a lady over here. I just want to ask you your name. Annette. Say it louder. Annette. 
Do you all know Annette? Okay, well, you, you impressed me to go across because I noticed that you didn't do the first exercise. You, I think, wanted to just observe and see what was happening. But for this one, it's like, I'm doing this one. Is that how it was for you? I appreciate that. Yep. I just want to say, this is my mom. She's 92 years old. She normally, she normally can't even walk. She hobbles around. And that was like a miracle. I had to go get my phone, and I took videos and still pictures of her because that was a miracle from God. And she's, she's, she's going to be baptized this weekend. And... Um, And I just want her to be ready when she goes home to meet the Lord. So this was amazing. So I think Mickey has. You're great. First of all, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Transformation. Oh, Barbara's got something. It isn't about the exercise we just did, although that was amazing. I'd never done that before, but um, my husband asked me earlier to go up and get a flag, and I, I don't usually do that, but I went up with him, and so I picked out one, and it had a broken tip on it, and uh, I felt the Lord say, this is the perfect one because there are broken people here. That need to, need to be set free. <laughs> a couple of little testimonies of stuff works. Um, we were doing one in our hometown in, in Franklin, and it was kind of a bigger workshop. It was just a lot of people there, a couple hundred people in it. And she had a, one of the things is <clears throat> we had like a group of six people, and three of them would do the first half of the 23rd Psalm, and the other three would interpret together. The second half of the 23rd Psalm. So, you know, she does a regular thing. Go do this. And then there's some people that would share testimony. Well, uh, after lunch, we uh, came back and we got going. And this lady had a testimony. She was in one of the groups. And she testified she was a Baptist lady. And she was at our, our really big spirit-filled thing, you know. And so she was totally unfamiliar with any of this stuff. But she had uh, lost her sense of smell and of taste because she was taking care of her husband who had been dying of cancer for two years. And she prayed that it was so hard. She prayed that the Lord would take it away. And he did, but it never came back. He passed away after doing it for two years. And so some time had passed. So she's in this workshop. And she was in the group here where the other three were, were doing the acts on the other, the former three that were, had interpreted the first part. And said, we anoints my head with oil. Somebody took some, like, like acted out like they were anointing her head with oil. Instantly, well, she had, her smell came back, and she went out for lunch and ate a hamburger and could taste it. So she wasn't asking for anything. I'm sure she had asked the Lord before for that in prayer. But in this, you know, like you said, you felt like you didn't want to do it. It was out of your box or outside your box. Well, for this Baptist woman, all of this was outside her box. But God, when she forced herself outside of that box, she was open and God touched her. She probably prayed for a long time that her taste and smell would come back. 
and which he just was receiving. He anointed that declaration and that prophetic song that everybody knows. Un, you know, unsaved people know that song. But for her, that was a moment of transformation and healing. That's a, that's a really an amazing thing, isn't it? From Texas? Oh. There's a man in our town, and uh, it's quite a, quite a testimony. He, uh, he'd gone to prison. He's a black man. He had gone to prison for computer hacking. And then, he, then somebody attacked him, and he got in a fight, and he was in solitary confinement, and he was at the lowest place. So he just called out to God that he'd get saved. But he came back out, and nothing much had happened except he was in prison and got out. Well, we were doing this week-long conference at our place in Franklin. We call it a school of the supernatural. It was like for five, like it was at least a week, you know. And so his wife says, look it, you're coming to this thing. He, I don't want to go to this. He didn't want anything to do with anything like this. He said, you're coming with me or else. They were having tension. It was problems. So he came, and so he was in the workshop, and they did the mirroring. And of the people that got chosen to come up, like there was a couple hundred people actually in that, in that workshop too. And he was one of five couples, a couple of people that got up on the stage. And when he was doing that, the Holy Ghost, he got filled with the Holy Spirit and totally delivered and called into a ministry. Uh, he went to the worst neighborhood in South Nashville, inner city, where it's, it's the highest per capita murder, just all this bad stuff. And he began to feed the poor in the government housing. And then he created a choir of people, these broken people. First, it was mostly just black people. Then it was this kind of people. Now it's all different kinds, like a couple hundred people. He plays the saxophone, and he just march around and sing, go through neighborhoods. Well, the Lord increased his anointing, and he came to our house after this, and he was just like, what is this stuff? He didn't know what it was. And he got prophesied over and all this. And he, when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, the way he hears from God is the Lord speaks in tongues in his mind, and he has an interpretation. And he doesn't do anything unless he hears from God. And he, his thing has just increased. Last year, he gave away 10,000 Christmas presents to kids that don't have, any, they don't have money. Fed 10,000 people Thanksgiving, you know, semis come. And it's, they made a movie about him called Unconditional. That's in 173 different languages. And this guy got zapped doing something he didn't want to do. He got transformed. He's a wonderful, amazing guy who moves in the spirit. And uh, NFL is sponsoring him. Walmart was sponsoring him. Okay, I'm going to just clip this for one second because um, it was had to do with our son, Michael, but I'm going to change it. Um, so, Joe, um, I went through, uh, two years ago, I went through... Um, stage four uh, ovarian cancer, and I'm cancer-free, long story, lots of yada yada, surgery, chemo, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Joe, uh, we have a prayer meeting once a month or so, uh, and we were there, and I said, Joe, I'm really in a low place. It's been really challenging. It really pertained more to our son who was... Um, uh, he has, was born with cerebral palsy. He's non-ambulatory, and he um, was mistreated. And but I'm I'm uh, applying it to to the to the situation during the uh, the cancer. And he said, "Don't 
aren't, don't you realize that because of what you allowed the Holy Spirit to do in my life, that what I do is your life too. So all those little kids, this is how the kingdom is. It grows and it keeps growing and it gets better all the time. Uh, but when he said that, I, I, I just was stunned. But yet it, it's a reality. So even for you guys, Barbara and Robert, I mean, they're the ones that invited us because they're the only ones that knew us. And they took a chance. Um, but, but um, you know, your hearts are totally dedicated to prayer and worship. That's who you guys are, besides liking to have fun. We want to show you this. We want to show you that. We want to show you this. We want to show you that. And it, it, it's just been a, a party the whole time, like best food, you know. But, you know, last night I didn't come because I'm like, I'm older than both of them, and I can hardly manage. They're running around like chickens, and I'm going, I'm not going with you guys tonight. I'll see you later. So I had the opportunity to witness to these kids, and yada, yada. And Mickey wants the mic. I know it. I can feel it back here. All right. I tell you... <clears throat> Again, I feel sorry for people that don't know that getting out of the box is exactly what every person wants. Yes. We just get used to that containment. It's like <clears throat> Scripture says we go from glory to glory. We go from faith to faith and from strength to strength. And the problem is when you're on a two, going from glory to glory. You go, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm out of the box. I know what it's like here. I have this memorized. Like I just said the other thing. But when you're, in, when you're doing it for the first time, you feel a little weird, but then you go, Whoa, I could have been doing this all the time. How many had that experience? Yeah. So people say, well, I'm, you know, raise your hands to the Lord. Oh, they're, they're, they're in the air in, in the spirit. No, they're not. They're, they're hanging down at your side. <laughs> you may think that they're in the So the release of just releasing yourself is where you really want to be. I think every person who was ever born by the creator, every person has a heart to worship. But you either do or you don't, or you worship something else that won't do you any good. It's not just dumb idols. Sometimes people worship their own career. Sometimes people worship their own ministry instead of worshiping the Lord. And it's a fine line, but it's not that fine. There's a big difference between worshiping the Lord and doing it for yourself, doing something for yourself. And there's a big difference. And, and uh, again, and it's, it is transformative. That's probably you know, the key word. Yeah, we do something for God and to God, but something happens to us. So there really is a, a, a very prophetic reality that happens in praise and worship. And again, we're just, we're just touching on a few of these things. Okay, come on, where am I? How many of you have switched, you, you, get, you go into seasons where you get a favorite worship song or a praise song? Isn't it amazing? How many of you, you, how many of you get a song and you can't turn it off in your mind? It can even be a stupid song. You know, you just, well, there's a, I'll give you a, a little trick. Uh, 
use the, like if you're, if you're stuck on a song, maybe not a worship song, maybe a song up the radio or something, and it won't stop, just sing that song to a different melody, like Amazing Grace to Gilligan's Island. Amazing grace, how sweet this sound. Saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I found. And it'll go away. But you might get stuck with that one. That's a problem. <laughs> the one ministry that we're going to continue doing forever is the ministry of worship. The Lord has set eternity in our hearts. And worship opens the way to his throne. Engaged in worship, we bypass the realm that we're accustomed to, the physical realm of our five senses, our intellects and emotions, and we tapped into the spiritual realm. We reach into the invisible place and lay hold of something from our heavenly future that we can bring back into our lives right now. Sometimes we catch a few notes of that theme that is on the Lord's heart, and we can hear it. We can hear what he's saying. Prophetically speaking, I've probably heard more from God more often when I'm worshiping than any other time. Nothing and no one can move my heart the way the Lord can. Nothing can open my heart to his touch as well as worship. You know as well as I do that this is not just an emotional reaction to some stirring music. How many understand it's not just emotions because you like a certain type of music. Something happens to your inner man that you engage with God. And something, something is connected. In worship, the one who created our emotions and intellects and five senses touches us with his pure love. When someone really loves you and touches you, you want more of it. You feel healthy and free. Joy rises up inside, and you want to follow him at all costs. We can find one of the best dramatic scenarios of worship in the book of Revelation, where the apostle John is exiled on an island called Patmos for persecution for the word. And uh, he writes about this in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. It says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. So here he is. Imagine him on this island, Patmos, and he can look off to where he really wants to be, which is Ephesus, just over the water. And he's alone. And he's been, in, uh, he's been uh, sheltering in place for some period of time. <laughs> and He's got nothing to do, no hope. They may just let him starve to death out there. And he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. So you can imagine he got up in the morning. Maybe he walked out of a cave and he's on the beach. And he's just, kumbaya, Lord, kumbaya. I'm stuck over here, but I'm going to worship you anyhow. And so he, he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And then behind him, he's there, he hears a sound like, like, like Niagara Falls. And he turns around and he sees Jesus. Now, to me... The Apostle John was a person that knew Jesus in ways unlike anybody that ever could anymore. He knew Jesus as a young, impressive rabbi with an anointing. Then he believed he was the Son of God. He was with him. He was part of the inner three, Peter, James, and John. He saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration when he was transformed in front of them in glory. He saw Moses on one side, Elijah on the other. And uh, he was with him, you know, at the Last Supper. He was the only one present at the cross. Other than Mary coming to the tomb and telling him, you know, he ran there with, with Peter, and Peter had maybe more fish and chips than him, and he was a little heavier and got there slower. And, but, but, but John got there first. He was just kneeling down in front of the cave. Peter just rushes in and finds it empty. And so he was, then Jesus appears to them. Now, all 
of the original apostles of the Lamb, except John. Well, of course, you know, we know what happened to Judas. He, was, he killed himself. But the other ten were martyred. But John is exiled according to a prophetic promise that he, that he would be around for a while. And he's in the spirit, but he sees Jesus even different, a different manifestation of Jesus than he saw in the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw the Ancient of Days, the mighty warrior, with his white hair, with his coals of fire eyes, with his feet were glowing like polished brass and gold band. And out of it, the words out of his mouth was, was, like, was like a sword. And when he saw him, he fell on his face. He wasn't slain in the spirit. He was breathless. He was in spiritual shock. And Jesus came over to him, be at peace, it's just me. He's just not a season of version of me. And, he goes, and Jesus goes on to speak to him, and then he, he, he describes to him, uh, he says, write down what you see. He, he talks about the seven churches that is in prison, uh, western Turkey in Asia Minor, you know, seven churches, and he has a description of them, and he has a description uh, you know, <clears throat> about what, uh, for about five of them, he has some, uh, something he commends, and for a couple of them, he, he condemns, and, but they all have things that they need to overcome, all of them. And he encouraged them at the end to overcome. Uh, the church of Ephesus, first he said, he said, uh, one little thing you're missing. He said, you've got a great church. You've got multiple campuses. You've got big screens. You're on the Internet. You're on YouTube. You're on TikTok or whatever. He said, one thing you miss, you forgot your first love. They, they loved church more than they did the Lord. As much, let's say. It was all about that. He says, so first love was, was there. Was there uh, desired response from the Lord, and do your first works. I believe that's prevailing on me. I think the Lord wants me to make sure my first love is more first than it's ever been. And do the first works I did. I always, when I preached, always, every time I preached anywhere, I'd give an invitation for people to come to the Lord. I'd give invitations for people to get healed. I'm gonna, I do that everywhere. I do that in the bank. I do that on the airplane. I do it anywhere I'm at. When I have an opportunity, I'm going to share something the message of God's kingdom. So then you see John, so he gets through those, those seven churches and those instructions in chapter 4. He sees a door in the heavens open, and a voice says, a voice that he heard first says, come up here. He said, I was in the Spirit. I thought he already said he was in the Spirit. There's different realms of being in the Spirit. He was in the Spirit when he was by himself, singing a cappella, some kind of praise and worship song or a hymn or something, and then he got more in the spirit when Jesus appeared to him and began to lead him and instruct him. Now, it says a door opened in heaven and a voice said, come up here. And actually, he actually went into a heavenly revelation. And he sees stuff that Steven Spielberg could not make with digital movie making. It's too amazing. And he tries to describe it, but there aren't, we do not have words, I do not have words to describe the spiritual things that are real. You get close. You, you, you paint pictures of it. So he says that he, it, was, it was like a certain jewel, like, but it was more than a certain type of jewel. And he describes these heavenly things. Now there's activity going on there. They are singing actually the song of Moses. And, there's, they're, they're, and then there's instructions. And then uh, a couple of things are present in heaven. One of them is that you've got 24 elders. There was a little kid in some church somewhere. And he determined, he told his parents, he didn't want to go to heaven. Son, we've, you've been in church all your life, and you, you know that's what the Lord wants. He said, I don't want to go. He says, he says, there's 24 elders up there. We have three, and I don't like them. 
<laughs> Just a little kid with discernment, I guess. I don't know. But these elders, they, they've got crowns of rewards, and they throw their crowns. They give it all, they give all the glory to Jesus. And um, in one hand, there's a harp, and the other hand are bowls. And, and the bowls are the prayers of the saints. We talked about this last night a little bit. And the harp. So we have worship and prayer mingled together with the glory of heaven. And um, I said last night, you go into chapter 8, but I'll come back in a little bit for a second. Well, I'll do whatever first. Then there's a revelation. There's a who will, who has the authority to open the scroll and open these seals and open these scrolls? And no, there was no one there that responded. And so John is in the spirit, and somehow he begins to weep in, in intercession, crying in travail. Because God has designed the universe that when he does something, he's going to do it through a human being. Even when an angel comes to give it a uh, an instruction or anything, he talks to a person, that person says what the angel or does what the angel told him to do. He uses human beings to do his work. That's why God is so amazing. How could he trust people? We are unreliable a lot. But he trusts enough to give us the responsibility to do his thing. So somehow, John enters into the drama. He's interceding, and he says, it's, it's okay. For the line of the tribe of Judah has prevailed, and he'll open the seals. God will take care of it, but somehow, our, our worship and our prayer and our intercession enters into the heavenly drama of what needs to go on on earth, and then God releases power and authority to do something. How many of you, like I said this last night, why wouldn't we, or maybe I said it this morning, why would we not respond and say, Lord, give us the strategy that will destroy this virus. Give us the strategy that will, that will stop this division, this anger, and this hatred, and all this animosity in our nation. Lord, help us right now why, that we are believers can prevail into the heavens to ask God to bring a strategy for the earth. Amos chapter 9, that I got a tremendous revelation 21 years ago. You know, it was 20 years ago, before 9-11, right before 9-11. Amos 9-11, I went into, well, it's too long to explain, I'll, another time, maybe tonight or something. But he said, I, he's going to raise up the tabernacle, the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. And then it talks about, as we go on this, enter by revelation, the strata of the heavens, he releases strategy on the earth. When it said after the Last Supper they sang a hymn, it was probably one of the songs of ascents. These 15-some songs that they would do when they would ascend in Jerusalem and go up and ascend. And here's the Lord getting ready for his, going ready to his final rep, going to the Garden of Gethsemane and then on Good Friday to be sacrificed and, of course, to be raised. But they sang a song of ascents. We don't realize how powerful some of it might seem ordinary or mundane at one level, but it's not in the heavenlies. And when you get in the spirit, something's happening to you because God wants something to happen on the earth. As we get more of a revelation, he releases strategy for plans on the earth. And I can, I've been more transformed probably through, through uh, the area of praise and worship than any other way. All right, go ahead, you do it. You're going to have to. You're going to be part of the other thing. So um, 
Hearing from the Lord is important. And the most important person talking in prayer isn't me. It's what happens. I thought of something. I hadn't thought of this for a long time. I uh, started doing things. It was in the eight, sometime in the mid-'80s when I was asked to put on conferences. And so I, I didn't know what a conference was, so we figured out how to design it. And we got people and did all kinds of stuff. And it was really kind of an exciting time for me to be doing some first stuff. And, you know, a lot of people were getting connected and being blessed. And we had one. Actually, it was one that uh, Doug, that uh, Jim Durkin was at and uh, – Dick Benjamin, all these these cool spiritual fathers, and and it was going to call it. I call it the Equippers Conference. And uh, anyway, it was really good. But there was a, a prophet that came. I had never met. I heard about him from South America. He was an American guy, but he was part of a ministry in South America. And I really wanted to meet this guy. And he was just coming to attend. And so during a break, he came up and introduced himself. I said, "Oh man, I wanted to meet you." And so he hugged, and you know, we're talking. All of a sudden, he says, "You know, I'm supposed to be on sabbatical, but I got to tell you, this is the Lord speaking to me." He says, "When this over, when this is over." <clears throat> You need to go home and be quiet. God wants to speak to you. And I really wanted to, I really wanted to hear that. So we finished this thing, and it's busy, and we're all done. And we go back. And so I, I tell our, our church office, our secretary, I said, look, I'm not coming in for a while. So, uh, and, but unfortunately, Barbara had did something where she hurt her back, lifting up our son or something. So she's going back and forth to the chiropractor. I'm really kind of, I'm kind of like annoyed because, I mean, I wanted to spend this time waiting to hear from the Lord. And so she was actually gone away, and she's coming back our big driveway, and I'm, driving my mower in a hurry. And then I start driving up the side of the driveway with her car because I want to go out in the woods. Now, the sky is black, like it's going to be like a terrible thunderstorm. But, I, I, but she knows, I'm, so I drive in the garage, and she meets me with an umbrella, and I'm going to walk out in the woods, and she knows that, because the Lord spoke to me while I'm on the lawnmower. It says, today's the day I'm going to speak to you. It's like, why don't you just do it right now? You're talking to me already. But, so <laughs> I go in the woods, and I find a place back in our woods, and um there's a fallen tree, so I'm sitting down for about 20 minutes, starting to drizzle. And this was the word of the Lord. I used to do this all the time. Seek the Lord without an agenda, just for fellowship. And I think if there's something that's missing, that's maybe not enough in our, in our first works life here, it's just having communion with God, with just Him, without an agenda, without a need, just to hang out with God. And that can happen in a short period of time, but it needs to be personal. And you need to give him space. You need to let him be first. Does that make sense? So we're going to do something. We're going to do another little exercise. It's a real easy one. It's a real pleasurable one. You're going to need uh, uh, something to write with and something to write on, a piece of paper or a pen or a pencil or something. So if you don't have one, get someone, uh, something from someone, including me. I better have something. And this is going to be real easy. Barbara's going to help launch this thing. Oh, we need, uh, I got it. Does everybody have a pen or paper, et cetera? Wait, where, oh, do you guys have the CD back there? Words in the Wind. Did Mickey tell you what number? Eight and nine, and then it'll be done. So what we're going to do, and, you know, there's enough of us here that if you need to just be prostate and, you know, spend your time not writing, but the idea is to listen and, um, you know, if you don't get so caught up, maybe jot some things down that come to your heart or your spirit with the music. 
Okay. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, that, that first part that Mickey's talking about, it'll give the instruction. Okay, you can start the music now.
Okay, we got a. Who's got something they want to share? That you wrote down. Not you first. One with them first. Uh, did you? Did you? Did you want to? Did you want to share what the Lord gave you? quite the download here um, so he said to move forward trust me more than you ever have release my anointing oh, there's a dying world out there that needs to hear what you have to say so speak boldly stay out of the way I will hold up your arms. I will sustain you always and in always. Remember, it's not you. It's me in you. So um, we are we are in the anointing, and we are ascending to our home, and healing is taking place in this room. The anointing for healing is on whoever you are. I don't know your name, but the Lord knows. Does someone else have, have what you want to share? She's okay right there. Okay. Somebody else? I just felt like he said, Robert, guard your time. Be very jealous of your time with me, for I treasure it. I ravish. It ravishes my heart when you want to spend time in the secret place, communi <coughs> communicating spirit to spirit. And God used to call me my little one. He's, and uh, he said that to me today. Robert, my little one, you won't believe the fellowship in heaven and on the new earth. <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> That's one of the problems. Fellowship ends here. So it's never going to end. I have adventures and discovers beyond your wildest imagination. And I call Barbara my fellow discoverer. I said I look, part of my, my vows is I look forward to unfolding the mystery of each new day with you as long as you both shall live. And the, the theme that Barb and I got for our wedding was new beginnings for the start of a brand new ending. Well, God just said new beginnings for the start of a brand new never ending. <laughs> Ask me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Don't know what all that means. <laughs> and he said, ask me um, for my, give me to give you my love for Barbara. So I need that. God's love 
together as Christ lives the church. I could share this. It, I felt like it was come walk along as the seasons change. I'll never change. Enjoy what I've provided for you, tailor-made, not intended for anyone else, not a hand-me-down, but designed specifically for you. Someone else? Just. I got interrupted for the last thing I wanted to say. So when we had our 40th anniversary, Mickey promised me he would take me to Ireland. And this music is very Celtic, obviously. So here we are 48 years later. I mean, not 48 years later, but eight years later. And it's time to go to Ireland. <laughs> I'm talking about, it, uh, let's see, September, October. Is a good, it's a good month. I, I'm pretty sure it's a very beautiful month. Okay. You, Doug, you guys Good. That's good. That's excellent. That's that's very accurate of how it works. So, anybody else? Well, um, I just have some one-liners, and the first thing I heard from the Lord was, "This sounds silly," but He said. I love your hair. <laughs> and being a cancer survivor, I had no hair for quite a while. And so that made me laugh. And the... <laughs> it was just that real personal little word from God. And then he said, remember the ocean because... The Lord and I have a connection with the ocean, how he revealed himself to me. And he said, my love is eternal. And another word he said to me years ago is, remember your daddy's little girl. Not very eloquent. No, it is. Okay. Anybody else got to share something? or You? All right. So... Um, I've experienced this before when I spend time with the Lord, but uh, this is what, while the music was playing, hold, wait, be silent, listen, be still, concentrate, hear, listen. And how that speaks to me is uh, there's so many times where I just want to pray, 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 and use my own words and hear and and he he has taught me to hold, wait, be silent, and give him room to speak into my life. And because of that, I see his heart, which is there's so many that need freedom. 
There's so many that need truth. There's so many that need his presence. And I can't give what I don't have. And so I need his presence. Did everybody experience something? Well, you get, again, say, that's mine. Keep it now. You can, you can do so like this all the time. You don't have to have you do this at home. In fact, oh, here she comes again. Okay. So what did you just say? You can do this all the time. And, and, it's, and it's yours? Okay, so prophetically, I've always believed that um, if someone is receiving a prophetic word, it can also be your word. It's not being selfish or grabby. It's being hungry, hungry, hungry hippos. I used to do retreats for women, and I still do, but um, I'm going to do my first with teenagers. I can hardly wait. But anyways, I used to say, hungry, hungry hippos. Remember that, that game with the kids, the marbles? Well, women don't want to think that they're hippos. So I just say, hungry, hungry hippos in size sixes. We gotta go. We gotta go. It's over. Goodbye. Uh, I'll read what I got. Okay. My goggles here. Here we go. Here we go. So, the Son of Righteousness is rising with healing in his wings. I believe, and it was consistent with some of the other people. Uh, obviously, something like that. There needs to be healing in our nation with believers and not yet believers. The people need to be healed, need to be helped and set free. The fear of the Lord's returning. And as people connect that the fear of the Lord is a good thing, it's not a bad thing, it's very good, that there'll be a wall of fire surrounding as protection, Zechariah 2.5, and glory within. It's like a mobile fortress in that and this move of the Spirit, it must rise from within. And the pressure coming up and out of you must be greater than the pressure that wants to come against you. It will push away the worldly pressures and, and those negative things instead of trying to squat, you know, to try and, and keep you in. The, the move of the Spirit needs to come out of us and push away these worldly negative pressures that are trying to encroach upon us. And again, it's more, it's more of a release. It's, it's, it's not like you're wrestling. It's you're releasing, let the spirit release come out of you, and that's going to push away the pressure. But this thing about a wall, how many of you would like to know that, that, there's, a, that there's a wall of fire around you? A mobile fort, wherever you go, there's a wall of fire around you, and the glory within, that your experience, not what the world is doing, saying, trying to impose upon you, or a circumstance, or the past, or fear the future, but you're going to experience the glory of the Lord in common ways. You know, and the Lord will speak to you about uh, mundane things. Mickey, it's Thursday. Take out the garbage. You know, you know, that's important to the Lord. Little things are important. You know, it was so precious. He says, I love your hair. It's like, that's God talk. That's how the Father talks. And if she, she just made a little place and she got to hear that and she got to share that with all of us. Now, I'm going to remember that. That's mine now. Her revelation, I'm holding on to that. And God's going to bring it to my remembrance when I need it 
or someone else needs it that I now have. He says, well, you said you can't give away what you don't have. Do you, how much, do you know how much you got? And all, and I think it was you that talked about, it was earlier, it was a spiritual activation. Activate, how many know that you get a bank card or something, so you call the number, you got to activate it. We need to activate the stuff that God has in us. And there's more of God in you than there is you in you. There's more of God in you than there is you in you. Why? Because he is God. He's bigger, stronger, better, you name it. He's more. And if you need to make some spaces in your life for him to, that don't, he doesn't presently occupy, maybe in your memory or in your wants and desires, just say, Lord, take up that room in me. You, know, you wonder, how does the scripture say, magnify the Lord? Well, I don't even know how big he is. He's bigger. I know he's huge and big. And everything, but what I know, he's not. So what is, how do we magnify the Lord? I think we magnify the Lord by letting him get bigger in us. Take up full space. No empty spaces. No places we don't want him. So I just appreciate, appreciate all that. I wanted to do actually an activation of the song of the Lord. Maybe we'll do it tonight where we just play music and let the Lord, let the, let the, let the Holy Spirit give people words. Listen, this stuff really works. Remember a testimony, uh, Jack Hayford uh, had a couple in his church, and they were married, and they really wanted to have kids, and they tried everything. They had more oil put on them than Jiffy Lube. I mean, they were just people <laughs> praying and giving them promises, sending them cards, and no, God's going to do this. And, and Jack just said, just go home and sing over your barrenness. So this man and woman just would get up in the morning, and I don't know what else they did, but they just began to worship, and they began to sing over their barrenness. Well, guess what? They got pregnant really fast. And, and you know, so if instead of, it, 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 we just did something where we, we let the Lord just, you know, have him space uh, to experience him, you know, in, in, in your quiet. But also you can sing your prayers. You can sing your declarations. You can you just take up the scripture, you know, what the, and start there and then God will just give you a flow. It's amazing. It really is. You'd be surprised what's in you. You'd be surprised what's in you. And a lot of people, journal, Barbara's been doing this for years. you got boxes of things that she's written down. You'd be, and if you write them and date them and go back and look at them, you'll realize, oh, my goodness. This was a defining moment. This brought a better direction for me. or This fulfilled something. This set me up for something that was going to happen. God prepares you before. And, but being prepared is actually very enjoyable. Okay, so there you go. I want to be a worshiper of the Lord and a deliverer of men. How about that for a job description? <laughs> and it's that we don't have to, we get to do it. It's not what we have to do. It's we get to. I love to get to do that. I love this stuff, and I love to get to do it. So God bless you. We love you. So we're going to be here at 6 o'clock tonight, and we're going to really worship the Lord. Remember, just as a day to remember about 9-11, there's a lot of people. I don't know how they're handling all this. I watched a little bit of it last night and, and a little bit this morning, and I'm thinking, America needs people who know the Lord to express what they know. 
to touch lives with something that's really going to help. We need answers, and God is the answer. The Lord himself, Jesus, is the one who needs to help this nation and the nations of the world. But right now, Lord, we just thank you for this day. I just thank you for all the people here. I thank you for the, for the worship this morning, for the lovely people that played the music and led us. I just thank you for this house. And I just, I just say, Lord, I'm in a state of expectation of what you're going to do in our lives, but also what you're going to do here. I expect, I have an expectation of greater things. And I thank you for that. In advance, we praise you for what you're going to do. In the strong name of Jesus, who says it's okay to have lunch. Okay. Is there anything else that we need to announce, Doug? or anything?